Happy New Year, and welcome back to the very first episode of Fully Equipped for 2023. I'm Jonathan Wall, joined as always by my guys, Brian Barath and Gene Parenti. Chris is where he always is during the holiday break. He's at Disney with his beautiful wife. They're, I don't know what they're doing at Disney. They're, they're Disney-holics, so hopefully they're having a lot of fun. Boys, did we have a good holiday break? Did you enjoy some downtime, a little bit of chance to recharge? Although I know RB was cranking on the content over the break yeah a little well, recharge time i don't know i like i got a couple of kids out there so we you know hung out did a lot of stuff um but yeah just i, I wouldn't say i hung low as you can as everyone will find out soon on the on the uh on the golf.com there's a there's a lot of stuff coming yeah and you're traveling <laughs> today so <laughs> yeah my uh i don't know i don't know this again not a visual medium but i have a bit of a like prisoner vibes at the moment just because i've got a very blank hotel room behind me so so uh rb did you post on instagram your um video that your wife took of you pulling groceries via the sled during the uh polar vortex up there in canada i i didn't post it she she <laughs> shared it on her instagram but i never i never bothered sharing it i i usually stick mostly to to clubs from about 20 years ago at this point but i will say because i am traveling and i'm in la right now uh, Gene, Randy's donuts are ridiculous. I had, uh, <laughs> I had one for breakfast. <laughs> I did have like a healthy breakfast. Like I had like a, you know, like an actual breakfast. And then I saw this big donut across the street. It wasn't like, it's not the original one, but, uh, I saw this big donut and I walked right across the street and I'm like, you know, that sign works <laughs> like marketing works. You got this big donut. I'm going to walk across the street to check it out. And it was definitely worth the walk. So for those who are in the, I guess Southern California, Randy's Donuts is a must-go. Dude, you have the metabolism of a young man and enjoy it because I like a donuts and pizza and I just get fat. I mean, <laughs> if I would have showed you what I ate today, a squirrel would have looked at it and gone, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to skip it. Uh, enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts. Like the, the, anytime I see the Krispy Kreme sign, hot donuts now, I mean, you got to pull in and grab a dozen. I I gave I gave up on donuts about fifteen years ago. Just couldn't do them anymore. I'm still good for for a couple of donuts. They're they're impossible <laughs> to say no to. Um, well, as you'd expect, we teased it in the last episode of 22. There's a lot coming this week, and everything dropped yesterday. I guess as we're recording the pod, it is today. But we have Shrixon dropping their new ZX5 and ZX7 drivers in fairway woods and hybrids, I should point out. Then you also have Callaway dropping the new Paradigm lineup, which is drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons. There's a lot there if you want. Listen, I'm going to be biased because... This this is fully equipped, and, and we cover gear. I feel like we cover gear better than anybody else out there. But we have some videos that Gene, RB, and myself shot out in Scottsdale where we we, we call them robot inside videos, looking through each of the drivers. So the Shrixon drivers, the Callaway drivers. It, it is a very extensive dive. I would highly suggest if you want to learn more about these drivers, go check the videos out on golf.com. We get deep into the weeds on the tech behind these drivers who are designed for, and then we have Gene backing it up with the robot data and kind of pointing out where these drivers excel. I, I think they're better than any, you know, 
rundown video on any of the new product that you're going to find out there. So go check them out on golf.com. RB also wrote some great deep dives on the product with all the, the sexy photos if you want to see the new clubs. And then I also provided some insights based on Gene's robot testing on what you're going to see with these drivers. And boys, I think this is what I'd like to just do is let's talk about, you know, because golfers out there are going to be looking at these clubs and they're going to be wondering, what do these drivers do? And thankfully, we were able to test them at 95 miles an hour. I know there's some golfers out there that are going to be grumbling. You just tested it at 95. I'm a, I'm a faster swing speed guy. We will get to you. We're going we're gonna to test them at a faster swing speed. We were actually just talking about that before this pod. But I just want to point out three things. And we'll start with the tricks on drivers that were that we noticed during robotic testing is one is the Strixon ZX5 LS. Now, this is a brand new model from Strixon for 2023. And this LS is stands for what you'd expect it to stand for. It stands for low spin. And we noticed with this driver, I mean, it was a spin killer, Gene. I mean, if you Absolutely. look, you, you pointed this out. I mean, we saw 250 RPMs less spin with the LS model from this year compared to the ZX7 from the previous generation. And that ZX7 was the low spin offering in the previous lineup. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a big drop off in spin. And that was, I felt like that was the one thing Shrixon was always missing was a really low spin product. And now they have it with the ZX5 LS. Well, I think, uh, I think Shrixon is maturing as a brand. I think that, you know, they, they, they started and this is, um, this is very indicative of a lot of Japanese companies and their kind of uh, entry into foreign markets, especially the U.S. market. They're very, very conservative. They, they don't throw the kitchen sink at you. They wait for products to mature. They wait for names to and branding to come. And I think that was indicative of Strixon. Um, to be frank, eh, six years ago, Strixon drivers weren't taken very seriously. And they, you know, there was, um, especially amongst elite players, and they have worked diligently to improve that reputation, to improve that performance. And I think this is another step in that evolution is that now they're expanding that product line to be able to offer products for that player, especially that better player that's trying to knock that spin down to, to maximize distance. I think what, what Strixon's done really well is if you look at their their branding, it's very consistent. And I think it is the one thing that like some of the larger and Tylus does it too. And uh like you know, we're gonna talk touch on Cali, but like when you change the names of products, I think people are always kind of like trying to figure out where they fit in. And with a lot of these brands, they've kind of started and here comes the first one of the day, the car analogy, right? Like when you go to buy an accord, you're buying an accord. People know what a, like know what that car is, right? People know what a uh, like a Toyota, whatever Camry is, right? Like people know what those vehicles like represent. And I think with, with Strixon now they've got the seven, which is the workable model. It's a little bit smaller profile. Seven carries into their irons as well. And then you have the five, which is the more forgiving. And then the LS model, which I think again is a, is a big standout because they've, they've had a good driver that's done really well. I mean, last year was a pretty good performing driver, but this year, they've really kind of ramped it up a notch and, you know, people I see, you know, I posted all the drivers from the USGA list and people like, you know, people are really excited on like social media. You see it on Twitter and Instagram. And then there's like this like subsect of people who are like, 
here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. And like, no one's telling you, do you have to buy these things? Like no one is out there saying like, look, you have to go to the store and you have to buy these now because they're new. They're out there. Like that's not the case. It's they're offering a different product to fit different players. And if you're a golfer that's looking for a little bit more forgiveness, but needs that spin reduction, like this, this LS is like, is really cool. It's a really cool product. And from a ball speed perspective, I've had the chance to test all of them so far. And I think everything's stacking up to where I expect, where I expect to see my ball speed at. And there's nothing that like, there's not like this, Oh, that one's like a little slower or whatever. Right. Like, you get the right loft and you get the right shaft and settings. Like you're going to get a lot out of all of these golf clubs. So it's just a matter of like how it performs. And I think again, from the five LS perspective, people are going to be really surprised and really enjoy this driver. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a special product. I feel for 2023 looking at the rest of the spin, how the LS stacks up from a spin perspective to the current ZX five. And then the ZX seven, the standard ZX five, was about 100 RPMs more spin than the LS. So it's still, I mean, again, as we said, the LS was was one of the lower spin rate drivers that we tested. The So the ZX-5 is still on the lower end of the spin. The ZX-7 actually had almost identical spin numbers to its predecessor, so the, the previous ZX-7. So I feel like that's interesting, but it's also, as you'll find out here in a second, it, it leads to a very interesting story about the ZX-7. Something else I did want to point out, was toe shots. Now, this is a very common miss for golfers out there. You miss it out on the toe. It's it's very it's more common than golfers hitting it out of the heel of the golf club. And I feel like for the most part, equipment manufacturers are constantly trying to find ways to bolster the toe section of the driver to help retain ball speed so that you don't see a massive drop in distance when you do miss hit the golf club. With all three of the ZX drivers. These things performed exceptionally well for toe misses. So one of the things that we're able to do with the help of Gene's robot is we're able to compare because we do a nine-point face test, which means that we, we hit golf balls, six golf balls. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gene. Six balls from all nine points on the face. So high toe, high center, high heel, out of the dead center, out of the heel, out of the toe, and then down to the low section. So we're able to get a very accurate idea of, of what these drivers are doing, an apples-to-apples comparison across all the models. So taking the carry distance out of the center and comparing it to the other eight mishit locations on the face, we only saw a distance drop-off on average of seven yards. I mean, that is, that is really strong out of the toe, meaning that if, if that's your common miss, it doesn't really matter if you're going with the ZX-5, the LS version, or the 7. You're going to see some really strong numbers if you miss it out of the toe. And I think, again, that's what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to tell you what golf club that you should buy. We're simply trying to point you in the direction of clubs that will be worth your time testing. And, and I feel like all three of these drivers, again, if you're missing it out of the toe, these drivers are going to be pretty strong. And uh, to, to, your, to your point, Jonathan, let me uh, just give the listeners a little bit of a background. Um, 70% of my testing clients come to me. We do center toe and heel testing. And in the geometric center, three quarters of an inch towards the toe and three quarters of an inch towards the heel, which is fine. 
gets you about 60% of the surface area of the golf club. And that, and that's kind of the main area and gives you an overall performance um, picture of what's going on. For the OEMs, the major companies, when they evaluate not only their own product, but competitors' products, they go to this nine-point testing. And the reason that they do so is there's an entire driver base and they want to know what the performance characteristics. So when an OEM... When the head of R&D has presented a report of driver X versus driver Y, and they're put on their desk to evaluate, they're looking at all of this data and nine-point testing. This is the most advanced testing that you can do in the industry to get an overall picture, and it allows you to pick out things like high toe shots, low heel shots, what the profile is on the low center portion of the club, the high center portion, and what that has enabled us to do not only in this podcast, but for golf.com is we can provide insights that are simply not available anywhere else in the industry. And those insights are really, really informative. To your point, if you just hit in the center, yes, this one's going to launch a little higher. This one's going to launch a little lower. This one's going to spin a little bit more. But it's the totality of the performance that we're looking at. And we're able to analyze that on the same level as the major OEMs. And I believe that's what gives um, golf.com, golf magazine, and fully equipped the information to really make detailed analysis. And yeah, we get in the weeds a little bit, but we also try to simplify it and say, hey, if you miss here, this is a club for you. If you're struggling with this, take a look at this club. There is no perfect club for every single or for all golfers, but there is a club that is optimized for your specific swing type. And that's what we're trying to do with this information is communicate it effectively and show what the assets of each club are so that if you fall into that profile, you might want to kick the tires on this one and see how it performs. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better, Gene. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like that's like a mic drop. It's That's the perfect way to describe it. it and we, we talk about new equipment, right? And you talk about center strike versus around the face, right? Like I've been, you know, people follow me on Instagram and post like old clubs and hitting old clubs and stuff and using foresight. And one of the things that I found really interesting was I was hitting, you know, speaking of Cleveland and Strixon, I hit the Cleveland Launcher 400, which a lot of people really liked. And, you know, a lot of people asked about it when I posted it and having gone through that, that like one, and I hit. You know, I hit a bunch of balls, but when I caught a really good one, so like off the middle and I saw good numbers, snap a picture of it and share it and say, like, look, like there's still a lot of like gas in the tank of these, these older golf clubs. But when you see the misses, which I don't share, they're horrendous. And not only that, but like the ball speed off the middle is much lower than newer product. And to give you an example, because someone asked about this when I posted about it, it was like, I got, I caught one really good off the middle, hitting up on it. Uh, I had 150, I think it was 151 or 152 ball speed on this driver, which is close to 20 years old. And it carried 265. That's great. Like that, that's really good. Like I'll definitely take that. Now that was not the norm. I hit the new ZX7. I got ball speed immediately. Now again, not talking like good shots. 161, 162. Like we're talking 10 miles an hour of ball speed here. Like that is enormous off the middle of a golf club. And yes, I probably could get that with a perfectly centered strike on an older driver that's 400 cc's if I just like 
just hit that little sweet spot, right? But when we talk about, say, something like rebound frame on, on the Strixon, it's making that entire face like more flexible to get more ball speed when you miss around. And so when we talk about this like nine point, we talk about consistency. That's what that's what golfers are going to witness when they get out to the golf course. And I think it's probably one of the coolest things that that we can demonstrate to people is when we talk about technology advances, it's like when you hear professional athletes, like I can't remember who who this quote was for, who from, and I'm sure a lot of people use it, but like I don't train for my best days. I train for my days that my my floor is better than everyone else's, right? And so like when you're missing the middle of the club, which most people do all the time anyways, you want to be able to raise that that floor of like what that miss means. And I think when it, whether it means like gaining clubhead speed or gaining just ball speed in general, if you're worried about say a 235 carry off the tee and you know, oh, well, if I, if I miss it, it's going to be in the water for sure. But when you have something that's more forgiving and properly fit and you know like, okay, I carry it 240, but if I miss it, it's going to go 235. I can push it over that hazard. And that's how new equipment not only helps with confidence, but it also helps with improving and, and making the game a little bit easier as well. Yeah. For sure. Um, the last the last note that I wanted to to point out on the, the tricks on drivers before we we hit the high points on the Callaway paradigm is hang time. You know this is this is something you, we talk about an LS driver, the ZX5 LS, and it's low launch, low spin as you would expect. But not everybody wants low launch, low spin. But here's where things get interesting. So as I mentioned, the ZX7 was the low launch, low spin product in the previous cycle. If you're looking at where ZX7 stacks up with, say, the, the LS version, it's actually a, an extra degree higher in launch than the LS. And not only that, but if you look at all three of the drivers, the ZX5, the LS version, and then the ZX7, the, it's actually the opposite this year. ZX7 had the highest launch of the three of the three models, and it actually spun more than the ZX5 and the ZX5 LS. Which is interesting, but again, these are all insights that I think golfers need to know. But this isn't something that that's new. I mean, if I, I mentioned it in my story for golf.com, you you look at the titles Pro V1 and the Pro V1X, you know, the the launch and spin characteristics for those golf balls over the years, they've changed. You know, they've they've basically flip-flopped. So it's not something that hasn't been done before, but again, it's something that I do think needs to be mentioned as we're, we're talking about new product. And again, the questions that golfers all have is which one would be right for me to test. So don't just automatically assume that the, that the seven is going to be the low launch, slow spin driver that you've expected in the past. Well, and it's, it's really interesting too, in speaking with, you know, my, my contacts and clients at these OEMs, I'll ask them, you know, Hey, what were you thinking with this year's model? And sometimes it will be tour driven that they were giving feedback. Um, sometimes it'll be consumer driven. Sometimes it'll be a hybrid. But to your point, um, it, it 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 can change, and they can make tweaks that aren't necessarily even in um, the marketing material. And so that's where I think our insights are really beneficial. Yeah, for sure. Now before before we get to the the Calix, that's obviously it's like one of the biggest golf companies in the world. We have to talk about one of the biggest companies in the world launching a sneaky iron on the conforming list. You, you know, here's the thing. I have this on, on our list to discuss on this week's episode. And RB is so excited 
to talk about this iron that he just decides to hijack the the, the robot insights. Yeah, well, I just think if we're shoehorn it right in there, don't go ahead, bud. Just, no, just I was just saying because if we're going to talk, I, 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 talk Callaway, we'll finish, we'll finish with the Callaway stuff, and then we'll lead it off to the interview. We're going to talk about another, have a great another company that starts with a C. I thought, got a, I thought I thought this was going to be a sponsor segue. I was waiting for our new <laughs> that, that sponsor. Too. I was like, what sponsor? What sponsor uh, spot do we have this week? If, if there was ever going to be a company that I would take a sponsorship for, let me tell you, as someone with kids. I would take a yeah. Costco sponsorship in a heartbeat. You know, those 12 packs of baby wipe diapers that you get in the mail. Oh, like, yeah. I, I just, you need oh, all yeah. that stuff. But anyways. Yeah. Get, no, yeah, seriously, I, get into it, though, because you were actually one of the first one. I think you may have been the first one to, to break the story. So we noticed. Uh, so uh, Costco launched a Kirkland signature. It looks like an iron. It's under the iron list on the USJ performing list. Now, some people were like, isn't it a driving iron? I'm like, listen, Costco's not stupid. The driving iron market is not very big. They are not producing a driving iron. They are producing what looks to be a hollow body iron. There's a weight port in the toe. Like you can see like the, the hosel plug. It's got a very short hosel length. So there's some forgiveness built into it there. It's got a fairly wide sole from what we can tell. And I think this just goes on to like supplement, like under, like put like cement them in the market of like, look, they've got a putter. Every, everything I post, everyone's like, well, there's going to be a new putter that's a mallet, like more of a mallet style. Everyone, like, there's a rumor of that, right? So, you know, there's smoke, there's fire when it comes to like social media. Someone probably knows and just can't say anything. That's where the wedges came from at one point. And same with the putter, even the like the new version of the golf ball that came out at one point. But if from Cosio's perspective, and I wrote about it, it's under like it's tagged under Indie Golf. And if you look at, I'm not going to like go over the whole thing, but like Southern California Design Company seems to be this this company that also owns Indie Golf and they seem to be the ones that are designing and creating production for Costco, which is which was their wedges, as well as now what looks to be a, a signature iron. And I just think if you look at the market, you look at like a bunch of different companies are offering a, an affordable hollow body iron. But Costco's in the in the in the business of making money. They they made, I think I looked at the number, it was like gross revenue is like in the in the bill like hundreds of billions of dollars like multiple hundreds of billions of dollars they could wipe out every oe they could buy every oem if they wanted to i mean like not that i'm saying they should but i'm just saying that like when you think of market capitalization it's it's ridiculous right so when it comes to like their ability to say look like there's a there's a niche here that we think we can fill we've already got wedges a gap wedge to like a pitch uh, a 60 degree what if we offer something that it looks to be like a four iron to a pitching wedge Eventually, at some point, and like again, if they're offering the wedges in Canada, I think they were like one sixty nine. So that's three golf clubs for basically sixty bucks a piece. Extrapolate that, you're probably looking at three ninety nine potential for like an iron set. Holy crap, right? Like again, is it going to test as well as everything else? Is there as much research and development into a lot of this stuff? No, but it offers value. And you know, you know, people, the same people that you know, here you go, bitch and complain. There you go. There's probably the most violent thing I'll ever say here. Who are going to complain about new drivers and all these prices and all these different elements of, the, of golf. It's like, look, there are alternatives that are going to perform very, very close to something that's going to be a lot more expensive. And there are companies that are presenting it. And I just think it's, it's, it's relevant to talk about those things because again, the, the price conversation always comes up, comes up with any time new product is released and you, it's okay to look at alternatives. I think it's really important for people to understand that. And like anyone else, I went out, I paid for my own Costco wedges. I was very curious. I then reshafted them and put some fancy ferrules on them and gave them some new grips. So they look like nice and nice and cool. But, uh, you know, if these irons hit the market, I'm probably going to go out and buy them. I'm not send, they never send any stuff to anybody. 
So I'm going to try them out. I'm curious, like every other golf, I'm, I'm a sicko. Yeah. I mean, I, I think <clears throat> there's something about the Costco line of products, or I guess Kirkland line of products that, again, it started with the golf ball craze. But yeah, the, it just gets, it gets the gearheads excited and their products are good. I mean, bottom line, it's, they've always created good stuff, uh, regardless of whether it's golf or, or anything else that they, that they bring out to the market. So I rightfully so there's a lot of, there's a lot of interest and excitement in these irons. And I think, I mean, like, you gotta, you gotta do some head to head testing, right? Yeah. They're cheeky too. I think I think they're secretly very smart when it comes to the like marketing of the Kirkland product because they know that there's such a diehard built-in audience for these products. Like you have the hoodies, right? Like the big like blank hoodies with the the Kirkland signature on that can be like twenty or twenty four bucks at like a warehouse. Um, you can't get them in Canada, but you can get them in the states. When I came to the states, I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy one of these hoodies. It's kind of fun, right? It's like looks like streetwear, but it says Kirkland on it, right? Like they're not they're not stupid people. They know how to market these things, so. To be able to put it on the USGA list, they know they're going to get some attention at some point. They're not going to mention it to anybody. They're just going to let it kind of float its way out there. And I think what they're going to offer golfers is is really good value. Is it going to be right and left-handed? Who knows? But I think uh, when it comes out to it, I want to test them, and I'm curious. Yeah. Well, RB did a story for golf.com. If you haven't seen him, go check it out. It's also on his social feed and i again i think he was the first one to to mention these so and then everybody else kind of caught on to it and started talking about it but they are they do look good yeah are we nodding along yeah i think and then jeans jeans noticeably quiet here Uh, i wonder why well well okay so i have to (laughs) tread lightly here but oh, I know I you do. S- I'm, that's why I wasn't trying what, to, what, to bring you no, no, into this no, 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 too much. No, but what, what, I, what I can say is this. Um, it's public knowledge that I've done work for Costco. And one of the interesting things when I first started working with Costco, uh, the VP of Sporting Goods came down and went to lunch with him. And full disclosure, at that point, I thought Kirkland was a house brand that they made a couple more points on. I I didn't think much of it. And for Costco, Kirkland is a religion. It is their the the mantra of Kirkland, the ethos of Kirkland. Everybody in the company that designs uh, sources purchases follows it and that's that it's got to be good or better than any than the top products in the marketplace and they take that very seriously and they apply a lot of resources to ensure that um that that uh is true throughout pretty much all of the kirkland line and it's absolutely amazing you can um uh, you know full disclosure I buy their golf gloves. They're they're leather golf gloves for you know half the price, and I, I I'm on the same golf glove for like over a year. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. So you know what I will say to kind of supplement what you guys have said is they do um, they do their uh, they do their diligence. They 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 work very hard to ensure that whatever they put out in the marketplace um, 
lives up to the Kirkland brand. And I think, you know, just to like to cap it off, I mean, they, they did have an issue with one of their golf ball models at one point with the covers and they gave everybody their money back. They pulled all the product from the shelves and they didn't ask the people that had product issues to send them back. They just said, look, we saw that you purchased them online. Here's your refund. Keep the product. And I guess, I think, you know, just to, to, to demonstrate what they, like how much they put into it. Right. So I think if they're going to do this iron, I think they're going to, they're, they're relative, they're serious about like making a dent. And I think it's, it's going to be really cool. But, you know, speaking of another company that starts with the C, I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Jonathan. Yeah, there we go. There's, there's one of those classic RB segues. Um, yeah, so back to, we did robotic insights for the new tricks on drivers. And we've got Callaway's Paradigm Drivers, and they are paring down the line this year. So in the past, we've seen we've seen four models from Callaway, but they're they're re- removing the dedicated draw bias product this year. Just going with Paradigm, Paradigm X, and the Paradigm Triple Diamond. So let's start it off with one of the first things. We actually talked about this one with Trixon. Callaway also does a really good job with this. But, I mean, it, it was very strong with, with the Callaway products. Toe shots, again, with, with all the drivers, particularly the Paradigm and the Paradigm X, because the Triple Diamond is going to be that low launch, low spin. And typically, if you're that type of golfer, you're willing to sacrifice some forgiveness on the off-center shots. And, you know, triple diamond, that's what you're going to get. You're, you're going to get a, that smaller profile and, and a little bit less forgiveness. But with, but with the Paradigm and the Paradigm X, seeing a lot of great numbers on those toe shots when it comes to, again, that distance drop off between the eight points, comparing that to center. Um, the Paradigm X in particular had one of the tightest overall dispersions of any driver that we tested. Dispersion pattern is very important for golfers because, again, unless you're Gene's robot, you're going to be missing it off the heel, off the toe, low, high. Having a very tight dispersion means that this driver is going to help minimize a lot of those misses. So that's something that I think a lot of golfers are going to appreciate. Um, and again, the Paradigm X, I, I kind of feel like the Paradigm X is going to be like the sneaky driver in this lineup, similar to the LS for Shrixon being that one that I think is going to receive a lot of attention this year. The X product, um, of, it was one of only five drivers we tested with a single digit carry distance loss across all the points on the face. I mean, 6.6 yards. That's, that's really small guys. And, yeah. and we've seen that from some drivers in the past. Remember, Cobra had some strong ones with the LTD products, but a single-digit carry distance loss across the the, the miss-it locations. I mean, that's that's really good. Yeah, I think I think it's it goes to show again, like just when you talk about consistency and what you're getting with a new product. I think this is where it really stands out. And when we when we talk about the like the overall construction of the driver, like they talk about the face like they're obviously like there's the carbon wrap so they use this extreme light material in the middle so they've got weight at the front weight at the back to really you know push the moi and, and uh, help create extra forgiveness and then 
they've paired that with the the way they've redesigned the face. And they've said in the past, like if you look at the Epic Flash and AI, kind of that first use of AI, like the whole goal was ball speed. Didn't necessarily like if you hit the original Epic Flash Sub Zero, that was a great driver. That thing was freaking hot. But if you missed it, it wasn't great because because it was really designed for that better player. And I think if you think about what that means now compared to like the Triple Diamond and offering a driver that is lower spin but offers that little extra bit of forgiveness, the X is that driver where you get a ton of forgiveness. And then by using the AI on the back of the face to kind of change the geometry and change the, the thickness points, right? Like the big thing they talk about is exactly which... And this is where when we have these conversations with OEMs and they tell us stuff like, look, we sit there, we listen, we nod and smile, and like not that we zone out, but like we are listening, but we're like, we're being critical. Like in our heads, we're doing critical thinking. And when people think that we're just sitting there taking a wad of cash and going right nice things, like that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Because if they did, you know, I'd probably have a nicer wardrobe. But either way, what I'm saying is here is that what they do is they, they give us information and we get to apply critical thinking that means using the robot testing that means going out and hitting it ourselves and doing all of these like just like our player insight videos if you go to the visit the proving ground videos that we have on our on our site so all of that coming together goes to show us that yes what you've done by changing to changing the ai like what you're looking for what the end goal is is distance and dispersion and downrange dispersion they tell us that, and then we do robot testing, and then we go out to the, we have this collection of data from Gene and say, oh, look, there's a less than seven mile per hour drop off or seven, um, seven yards total distance drop off from around the face. You're like, well, damn, they did it. <laughs> like, that's the whole point. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, for sure. Gene, something else that I wanted you to just briefly discuss was the changing gear effect this year, especially on the toe shots. You know, this is something that you hadn't seen from Callaway, I think you mentioned in like a decade, where we're now we're starting to see some positive gear effect on those toe shots that maybe you hadn't seen in the past. This is specifically speaking to the Paradigm and the Paradigm X. It's it's really interesting um, for, geez, as long as I can remember, it seems like at least the last 10, if not 15 years, there's been this, so when we started, so gear effect, let me just back up to define gear effect on off center hits is the counter rotation of the golf ball. And if you have a completely flat face and you hit a ball on the toe with an iron, the ball goes off to the right. The club spins open and the ball goes off to the right because of the center of gravity of a driver, any deep faced club what happens is this phenomenon called gear effect and the ball actually spins in the opposite direction. So if you hit a ball on the toe, it actually spins to the left or negative causing the ball to go to the left. So, uh, and same thing on the heel, the ball spins to the right. And, and, and we tested this. It's really interesting. You take a flat face driver. I mean, the balls go like 60 feet left on toes, 60 yards left on toe shots, 60 yards right on heel shots. It's really wild. So uh, designers developed what they call bulge and roll. And if you look at a driver, it is not flat. It has these curvatures on them. And there's a balancing act between how much curvature you put. So for sending the ball, say, on a toe shot off to the right or sending a ball on the heel shot off to the left and how far it comes back. Now, the reason for this explanation is historically what we've seen on a square path is toe shots stay 15 to 20 yards to the right 
and heel shots come back about eh, usually about 10 yards to the left um, of, a, of a zero center line for center hits. The reasoning for that is a lot of these clubs are designed for better players and better players fear the snap hook. So if they hit the ball on the toe, the ball's going to start off to the right and minimize that snap hook. And if they hit it on the heel, it's going to minimize that. Um, it's not the greatest thing in the world for a slicer, though, because someone who comes over the top and, and hits that ball with a wide open face on the toe, it's going to exaggerate even more. But this has been the trend forever. This year, we've seen for the first time, uh, especially with Callaway products, gear effect on the toe and heel, meaning if you have a square face and you hit the ball on the toe, the ball now starts to come back to the center line. It starts to self-correct, basically. And the same thing with the heel shots. My theory for why this is occurring is a lot of players are, you know, they still swing to the inside a bit, but a lot of players are really learning, especially even elite players, kind of that square swing path, that, that path in which they're trying to hit a dead straight shot. And when you're trying to hit a dead straight shot, you really want the correction on off-center hits to aid that straight shot. And so, um, yeah, it was really kind of exciting to see uh, Callaway and others start to develop, or I should say reintroduce gear effect into their products. And basically, the way that they do that is think of that um, bulge curvature um, as... Uh, a ball and if it's a small ball it's going to have a lot of curvature to it meaning that if you hit the ball on the toe it's going to go extremely right but as you flatten that out that ball will start to come back and so what they've done is adjusted that curvature just enough so that when you hit it off center it starts to come back to the center line yeah um rb rb's on mute there we go. I hey, the old man. Uh, I pulled the G. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to... The thing that's that like really exciting... so to, good. <laughs> uh, about the paradigm is the is the fairy woods, the three woods especially, and then the five woods and the triple diamond are all adjustable again. So I think yeah. from a fitting perspective, it's just... we. T I talked to a couple people when we were there and they said, you know... They've they've had adjustable drive fairy woods on tour. Like it's it's they've had it as a tour part available in some models, just because some player and there, there's more weight in the heel, so they've they've had to put more weight out in the toe to kind of counteract that a little bit, uh, which you see from basically every company that's got an adjustable golf club because of that hosel design. But to be able to do it in a fairy wood again is something that they've wanted to do for a while. It's not just an like a, I want to say it was a direct quote with this like. People think we do it because, like, you know, they're less expensive to make, like, just glued hosels. But to, in reality, like, that was what players wanted from our tour since they can adjust. But from the consumer side and from the fitter side, they kept asking, like, guys, we really want adjustability back. We want to be able to make them flatter. We want to be able to fine-tune launch and spin a little bit more for certain players, especially on the retail level, depending on club head speed and all these different things that come together, right? And they've done it. Like, they've listened to consumers. And they've done it with the hybrids as well. So... For people that are out there and don't think that OEMs don't listen, like they do listen and they listen to the consumer, they listen to the fitters and, um, you know, someone who's been using old golf clubs and having to reshaft old fairy woods because they don't have adjustability. It's such a pain it's in the butt. Beating. 
such a beating. It's such a pain in the butt. Whereas now, again, they've, they've come back and they've, they've reintroduced it. And I think it's going to be a huge thing for fitters. Again, it's a huge thing for golfers to be able to get a little bit flatter fairway, a little bit more upright fairway too. And you're going to get all that within three models instead of the extra ones that they had. And I think golfers are really like from top to bottom, you got the drivers, the, the three fairway woods, the two hybrid options just look fantastic. The more wood shaped, they've kind of taken that UW shape and, and kind of shrunk it down a little bit for the hybrids, a little more rounded. And then you have the two hybrids and two iron options, which I think from a, a more game improvement side of an iron with, with the hollow body, they, they, the, the air paradigm X definitely looks like a little bit more game improvement-y, but still like not overly enormous. Like if you're looking for something like that, you're probably going to go to the big Bertha. They know that they've segmented their line very well, but the, the standard paradigm iron, like I would say, I wouldn't say a scratch golfer is probably going to use them, but you know, you're looking at that mid to like lower to mid handicap who wants that extra help, wants that extra ball speed. They've really done a good job. And then when you add the adjustability into the hybrids and the fairy woods, like you've got the ability to gap a set really well, fit them very well and have them look really good. And I think, you know, for me as, as someone who hasn't really liked a lot of the Cali hybrids in, in uh, recent times because of the shaping they've nailed, I think they've honestly nailed these things. You can, you can, you can stick that quote on a chalkboard. I'm, I'll stay, I'll stick to that. I mean, I really do mean it. And I think uh, golfers are really going to enjoy it across the board. Yeah. So we, and if you want more info on the new Galloway line, we have Dave Neville, who's the senior director for product and brand management at Callaway Golf. We went to Callaway HQ, had a chance to interview Dave, and we, we got outside of the standard, hey, tell us about the new lineup. We, we tried to ask him some good questions, and he gave us some really good answers. Dave's a good guy, so we'll have that interview this week. But just a couple more things that I do want to discuss very briefly before we, we Close this one out. Some changes out on tour as the PGA Tour restarts the season this week at Kapalua. Um, but going, getting back to the paradigm, lower spin was one thing we noticed. So in comparison to the Rogue ST line, the paradigm and the paradigm X were lower spinning, about 200 RPMs less spin at 95 miles an hour. So expect to see less spin if that's something that you struggle with. Maybe you're over an overspinner. You're going to see less spin with those two models in comparison to the Rogue STs. And then the triple diamond was about, you know, roughly 100 RPMs lower spinning than the Rogue ST triple diamond. So not a huge change there. And then more speed. Now, this is something that golfers all want to know. Is the new one faster than the old one? And it's typically very difficult going from one year to the next to make massive changes in ball speed unless you're changing face materials like TaylorMade did last year with the, with the you know, 60X carbon fiber twist face. Or when Callaway started using AI with the Epic line, that's when they really started to see some big changes in speed. So it can happen. Again, also should mention Titleist with uh, with their ATI 425 face. So um, it's possible, but trying to squeeze extra distance out is very difficult if you're trying to stay in a very similar face construction as Callaway is with their designs. But they were able to increase ball speed across and this is an average of all across all nine face points not just out of the center but increased by one mile an hour for all three models so you're going to see a little bit extra speed one mile an hour equates about a, an extra three miles an hour and some people might shrug but you're going to see more speed and if you get fit which you should be doing if you're paying the money that you're going to be paying for a callaway paradigm driver get fit and maybe you see more ball speed than one mile an hour but it's just a good baseline like you're going to see more speed if you're using the rogue st right now um okay so i do want to mention some changes out on tour everybody always wants to know and they bug me about it 
who's changing gear, who's changing equipment companies. There are some changes this week. Some are ones that we didn't see, and others were ones that I had a feeling were going to happen, but nobody ever gives you the the you know the wink wink or the or the nod. But Kevin Kisner and Trey Molinex are going to be changing equipment companies. Kisner is going to be going from Callaway to Wilson. And so is Trey Molinex. Now, Trey was, was an equipment free agent um, for most of his clubs. He had a ball deal with Titleist. But Kisner was throughout the bag, which I think is a big surprise. And Wilson teased it, but you can kind of tell based on the, you know, the outline of the player that it was Kevin Kisner. And Trey Molinex is, is at Kapalua this week. He was the other guy that was really difficult to kind of see like who, who it was, was that outline. And um, anyway, it's always interesting because Wilson to me is, is one of those companies that, you know, they signed Gary Woodland a few years back and that was a big deal because they just have never, to me, had a, a really large PGA tour presence. They've had some guys that have played well out on the PGA tour. I think of like Brendan Steele, uh, Troy Merritt, was was a Wilson guy who had some success. And, you know, Kevin Streelman's another guy too. Podrick Harrington is is the one that I think a lot of people always think of as as the Wilson guy. But it still looks like they're trying to to keep a presence and have some guys that are relevant out on tour. So that seems to be the big movement. And I don't and I mean sure there could be some other guys coming down the pipeline but I just I didn't get a good feeling this year that there were going to be a lot of major changes. I think some of that has to do with live. You know, maybe there were guys that were coming off deals that would have changed, but with all of the live stuff that's going on, I I just I get that feeling that equipment manufacturers are are really trying to treat those pros and that whole situation with kid gloves because you really can't promote those guys like you can the guys on the PJ tour at least not quite yet we haven't really seen it even with the pros that are winning out on live you haven't really seen a lot of a lot of promotion around the gear that they're using so that's the big changes the other one I did want to point out Patrick Cantlay it's a guy who's won who's won six times in the last two seasons he shows up to Kapalua with a blank staff bag all black no Hugo Boss logo on his chest, the FootJoy logo missing from his hat, and it is official based on Titles website and Cantley himself. He is an equipment-free agent, at least for everything minus ball shoe and glove. It's a very similar deal to what we saw from Adam Scott when he dropped Titleist for his full club deal. He had you know clubs, ball, apparel. This is a very similar deal for Cantlay. So still ball shoe glove with Titleist, but he's going to be testing the water. So he didn't say a whole lot during his interview. Does he ever? He, well, he does. <laughs> I, I feel like he does. You know, he, he's been pretty thoughtful in his answers, at least in the last couple of years as he started to win more. I think he's, I think he's been a bit more vocal. But he didn't say a whole lot during his pre-tournament presser, but the drop zone, which is golf's uh, they, so Dylan DeChair and Sean Zock do an awesome job with the drop zone. It's a bit more tour focused than, than any of the podcasts that we have. And so they are able to get a lot of these great guests and they're going to have Pat, Patrick Cantlay on. So make sure you check out the drop zone for the full interview. But Dylan is in Hawaii and had a chance to sit down with Patrick and he did talk a little bit more at length 
about the decision to to part ways with Titleists for the clubs. And he was quoted as saying, I'm looking for a couple different partners. It's the beginning of the year, so hopefully I'll figure out relatively soon and put that behind me and play some golf. He said, for me, I want to play the best equipment out there. If it's, uh, I think it's going to be able to help my game. I want to be able to play it. That maybe involves a little more testing that I'd like, but I'm going to change. But I'm not going to change my equipment to fit my game. Basically, meaning that if you look at Patrick's gear, he was playing a lot of older titles equipment, and you know, I I think there comes a point where equipment manufacturers want you to play some of the newer stuff. And so Patrick's just had a little bit more of a difficult time getting acclimated that year. And if you look at some of the guys that have broken away and had success, being able to play what they want, Brooks Kepka was, was the one name you go back to the one year when all four majors were owned by guys who were equipment free agents. There's, there's a little bit of freedom in being able to, to test what you want, play what you want. So I think he's looking forward to that freedom. I don't think he's going to sign an equipment deal. Unless somebody just throws a giant bag of money at him, I don't think he wants that. I think he wants to be able to play what he wants. He's been a Titleist staffer for a decade, going all the way back to 2012 when he turned pro. So I think he's going to just go this year and see what happens playing whatever gear he wants. And I'm curious to see what those changes look like. I think uh, I think Goldman Sachs already backed up a truck to Mr. Patrick yeah. based on his hat. So I don't yeah. think he's like too worried about that. Well, he's playing so well on the golf course. You can you can make a ton of money now if you're if you're playing well on the course. So there yeah. really isn't as much of a need to to sign these equipment deals. I think you know not that not to mention core, uh, competitive people or whatever, but you know like two the the biggest signing for Titleist this year is No Lang Up, which people talked about because they're like you know if you talk about them being a media company and it makes sense because it gives access to pros that they want to talk to. Titleist has a huge stable of pros, and then from a Cali perspective, before we get into our Cali interview. Um, they got good, good. Like companies are tar- targeting social media for views, and good, good's got a million over a million subscribers on their YouTube page. Like that is a yeah. that is a that is a it's an know, interesting a shift captive, how they're spending that it's money. A captive That's a really good point audience. Yep. <clears throat> it's a captive audience. They've got I think it's there's five people in within that like group of of golfers that do that, and I think in many ways people people always joke like. Oh, why, you know, people will say it again, using social media as kind of the balancing board, which I don't think is you know a little bit of an echo chamber, but whatever. It's like, oh, well, pros, like who says like, who's going to buy what a pro plays? Well, first of all, pros move the needle. Let's get that started right off the bat. It's the reason NASCAR company, like reason car companies sponsor NASCAR, like, you know, cause someone's a Dodge guy and someone's a Chevy guy or Ford or whatever. But like to, to be able to have some more relatable people and be like, look, this person's a six handicap. And I know the good, good guys, a lot of them are very good golfers anyways, but like, Here's a golfer with a different handicap, a different speed. And like to be able to profile that on a very large scale, because no one would tune in to watch the PGA tour where there's a bunch of fixed six handicaps going against each other. But there is an audience of people built in to watch other people on say like Instagram or YouTube to watch different golfers play different golf courses and do matches and all these different things. Not really my kind of thing, like not what I like to watch, but it's an interesting shift in the way companies are spending their money, getting talent and it comes to talent. So, um, you know, people ask me on social, like, why, like, what are you going to play this year? I'm like, I got 14 free spaces in my bag because no one's backing up a truck for me. Um, but again, if, you, if you're looking for, if Costco's looking for a big space on my hat for some diapers and stuff, you want to send those in the mail, let me know. 
I can put it on. I can put Costco on staff. <laughs> Rock Rock Forms looking for space on jeans uh, on jeans Ooh, down. No, That's right. I'm, I I I told you the teacher side of this business is much kinder than the equipment side. I'm all fucked <laughs> up on speakers. Thank you very much. Find a new person to kick, not me. <laughs> all right. So again, a couple of changes this week on the gear front. Can't lay free agent deal. Justin Thomas. It looks like might change putters. Um, I'm, I'm reaching out, trying to get a few more details on that. It looks like, uh, an older model, Scotty Cameron, Newport two. So he may just be going back to a blade. He, he'd been bouncing around between a blade and that X five for the last few months. But other than that, pretty quiet. Oh yeah. By the way, Taylor made stealth two is now out in the wild. It. Looks very similar to the to the original Stealth. I didn't expect them to make a whole lot of changes, but it looks like the big change is going to be, at least from a cosmetic standpoint, they're going to a more of a high-gloss crown and then taking the matte finish and putting it on the front of the piece. So it's, you know, those two sections of that kind of a two-tone. They're still dark, but again, flipping them. So you've got the high-gloss now on the, the main carbon fiber and the matte on the front along the top line. So uh, those are the big changes. I think it's a good chance to get into this week's interview. Like I said, we had a chance to speak to Dave Neville. He's the Senior Director for Product and Brand Management at Callaway Golf. We talked all things Paradigm. Dave's a good guy. Enjoy the interview. Well, this is a treat. Normally, Nevs, you and I are, are on Zoom calls about this time of the year. Or we you, see each other on the road. Yeah, on the, the road. Yeah, it's been a while since I have been at Callaway HQ. Nevs, that would be Dave Neville. He and I usually do the the yearly rundowns on on new product, but this year we are doing it in person. It's good to have you here at the mothership. Yeah, it's it's great to be back with the pandemic and all that. It, it was it was just it was tough to kind of move around, and now RB and I are are here seated in the swanky. Pot Studio at Callaway. This is nice, man. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We got a little swag uh, up there, and we do a lot of our, our podcasts here in the in the studio. Yeah. So we are here to talk about a product that I'll be honest, like you guys are very consistent in, in your releases. Like people usually know what's coming. I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's an apex year. Epic year, apex Epic year, year, apex year. Yeah. We and and you guys, you guys threw me for a loop. I think RB <laughs> would say. He was thrown for a loop as well. It's a, a dare I say a paradigm shift. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, so, good setup. Though. Yeah, there we go. Uh, paradigm. You know this. The first time I picked up this driver, it it was something that I hadn't seen. There's there's a lot going on. I know that you all are really proud of of your AI machine learning. You were really the the torchbearer. For that in in the equipment industry and now we're starting to see other manufacturers start to embrace it as well but there's more than ai going on with this how how long has this project been in the works well it depends on how you look at it but if you think about what we're doing here with with carbon and the different types of carbon you can go all the way back 15 plus years to where what we're doing which was originally kind of more of that forged composite now with this forged um, carbon and this 360 carbon chassis it's been an ongoing type of project and just getting back to the the name with, with paradigm we really felt like as we looked across the entire family 
everything we're doing with the design and the construction is new. And we got to talk about it a little bit earlier uh, today, but you saw that in every piece, there was some kind of paradigm shift in how we were doing things. So we really felt like we needed a new name. If we came with Epic again and Apex again, that's sort of what people were are, are expecting, but this is something completely new, completely different. Uh, we were even joking about, you know, you hear a lot about, oh, they, they, they can't make it better. They can't make it different. There's no innovation left. And uh, I think you'll see with this this driver and this entire family, there, there's a ton of innovation. Yeah. So the big change for me was that 360 carbon chassis. Carbon's been used in, in drivers for a while now, now to save mass, typically, you know, carbon crowns. Mm -hmm. Save, you know, you net discretionary mass. You can put it in other areas within the driver, increase stability. You can do a lot of things with that additional weight. But the way that you all constructed this is unlike anything that I've seen because not only do you have carbon on the crown and the sole, but there's there's a seam right there. They're connected together. There is no other material. You're you're holding a piece. I know we're doing a yeah. podcast right now. They can't see it, but, but this I'm holding is it. this is cool. I mean, what what is this going to do when golfers go to a retail store and pick up this driver and they see this 360 carbon chassis? And I, I want you to talk about this. Those are two different carbon materials Correct. on the top and on the sole. So it's not like you just kind of slapped it all together. There's a purpose behind it, but. What's the benefit that golfers are going to see from that 360 chassis? Yeah, I love starting with the the benefit, but basically what it does is it saves us weight, which allows us to do a lot of other things on the driver. So 44% lighter. So the benefit that you're going to you're going to see is the stability, the forgiveness, the downrange consistency is much, much higher um, on this, even than, than the Rogue Max, which was a very stable, very consistent uh, driver. So that that's going to be the benefit. Um, we, we like to joke about if the middle of the driver could be air, we would make it out of air if possible. That's not possible. Um, second lightest would be to make it out of carbon. And we do have two different types um, of carbon. So super lightweight, but super strong. Uh, as well on the crown we have the uh, triaxial carbon which we've used in the in the past it's a laminar type of carbon so very very smooth it works well for the crown but then on the sole we have this all new type of carbon forged forged carbon and allows us to really create a sole with different shapes and still be very lightweight and strong the fibers on the forged carbon go in all different types of direction it's not a unidirectional or even a triaxial like it is on the on the crown and what i think is, is cool about that is uh there is no ring there's no cage there uh, no supporting structure it is a true 360 carbon chassis here and every uh, one of these is unique because the forged carbon is is unique. So you go into the store, you look at one driver next to the other. Each of those soles is going to have a unique look to them, um, really high end and, and premium, but serves a great purpose of being super lightweight and strong in the middle of the body. When you talk about the sole there and how that forged composite is, is comprised and everything, the one thing that we can tell because we've got to pull apart is there's thicker and thinner elements of the head where we don't see that with the the standard like sheet carbon mm -hmm. fiber because it you know it has to go through one side and then it has to get either cut to shape or something like that and in a way you you mentioned being able to pull weight out of the middle and you said it earlier in, in part of the presentation it's weird cuz it's almost like it's like the stroke lab putter right yeah. like you've taken mat, like it, overall like, weight's the same overall but, weight's exactly the same and 
know, to be able to find that center of gravity, but you remove mass from where it really isn't needed, added stability with a different material, and then put it in the case of, you know, putter up and down on the, the shaft and, and on that, that axis there. But then you also have front to back and lower in this driver. So you're pushing that weight back and then for it with the, the like the standard model that creates that adjustability. So it might not have a, a track that is as large, but now you're offering adjustability to the consumer that's greater than it was before previously. Yeah, we've always had to make a trade-off when we've had the adjustable driver. So like with Epic, we had the sliding weight track, but we were giving up something by doing that, giving up MOI, changing the center of gravity type of position. And what this 360 carbon chassis allows us to do is kind of break that trade-off. So have even higher MOI than Rogue, which is amazing in itself, and still have a center of gravity where, where we want it, um, but have a very forgiving driver, but still have that 15 plus yards of adjustability. So pretty cool to kind of eliminate the trade-off. And, th and that's part of we getting back to the name, you know, paradigm and this kind of shift in, in thinking. And from there as well, like there's been a huge investment in AI. You know, it's something that you can be going back to like the Epic Flash and all those other other products where, you know, there was, there was a, a, a focus on say just ball speed. Like we want to be as fast as we possibly can. And through the iterations of creating different products and prototyping, that process has changed, right? It's how Correct. can we create ball speed, but also create something that is tighter downrange and offers better spin retention and offers more ability to have the ball curve back to the target line better. All of that's been built into the newest version of this club face as well, right? Yeah, so we're all in on AI, and we've been doing it for multi-generations now, but the face is not the same, as you were mentioning, from when we started with Epic Flash, which was a real focus on center-cut ball speed. Then we started looking at ball speed across the face. Then we started looking at launch and spin. Now we're starting to look at downrange dispersion as well, so really starting to get some of the forgiveness from the from the face itself and not just from the the shape of the club which is also kind of a, a paradigm shift uh, as well but we're all in on the ai we're continuing to invest um in, in that and really using that to create unique faces for each of the different models uh to really kind of solve the these challenges uh downrange so you mentioned the different models and i feel like we should you know you don't have to go super deep on yeah. each one but i want to point out that one of the things that I noticed throughout the entire presentation on Paradigm was you guys are, are being purposeful, not that you weren't in the past, but you're reducing the number of models. So instead of having, you know, say four driver models, you're having three driver models this year. You know, where where do they kind of fit? Maybe what kind of golfers could benefit from, from each one of the models in the lineup? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we kind of have tightened up the lineup, but we do feel like with these three models of drivers that we can really hit 100% of golfers. So our core model is going to be the paradigm, the standard model. That's the one that has the sliding weight track. We think this is going to fit uh, a ton of different golfers. The shape of it is a little bit different than the Rogue Max. So I would say it's a little bit more like the Max LS, maybe a little bit more of a better player type of, uh, of shape, and it's a little bit more of a neutral type of, of ball flight. 
right? But you do have the adjustability. So if you want to get that draw, you can put the slider in towards the heel, towards the draw. You want to get a little more fade, you can do that uh, as well. So very, very versatile driver that's going to fit a wide range of golfers. And I think the fitters, when they go through it, are, are going to love that as well. Then we have the, the X model. And this kind of replaces our, our draw model, but it's a little bit a little bit different. It has the bigger shape, so it has kind of more of a Rogue Max type of shape. Still 460cc. It dev definitely has some draw bias to it as well, but I would say it's kind of more of a, a bomber type of model versus a, a truly dedicated um, draw model. Not necessarily like a slice killer. It's one that's going to help you turn it right to left. So if you have the standard model, you're not getting quite enough draw out of that. You can go to the X model. And there's a lot of people who like that kind of stretch shape. It looks very, very forgiving. They're both of them are going to have similar type of MOI and forgiveness to them. And then the third model is the Triple Diamond. And as you know, this has been really successful for us on tour. This is the one that Xander has played in the past and, and, and John Rahm, players like that. Um, 450cc, more of your kind of fade bias, kind of that, that's, that start line is going to be a little bit more fade, more for the high-speed player. But now it has the front-back adjustability. So you could put that weight in the forward, the 14 grams in the forward position. This thing is really low spin. It is lower spin than the Triple Diamond LS of, of, of this year from the wow. Rogue. Or you put the 14 in the back, and you kind of have a little bit more of a mid-spinning, a little more stable uh, offering. So I think between those three, we're really going to be able to fit, you know, 90 plus percent of golfers there. So we mentioned AI, you know, and, and one of the things that I, I noticed with this when we were looking at, at the cutaways of the driver was how much jailbreak has changed since it was first introduced. You know, I go back to the, to the original jailbreak. It's two bars. Yep. And I look at the driver and it's, it's one really robust piece right right in the middle um it's changed we'll get into the fairways and, and the hybrids it's changed a lot then i hear you guys talking about how ai is now helping you tune the sound on this head from from the back where that adjustable perimeter weighting is it, i i mean ai feels like it's really i mean it was initially it was just kind of with the face it feels yep. like it's starting to become a bigger part of the whole design and i know the human element is still very important but how much is AI really controlling the designs? How much is it really allowing you guys to like to optimize each one of these drivers? Because as you mentioned, the faces are different. It's not like you're just slapping the same face on on every one of these drivers. Yeah, uh, it's a good point. We started with AI with Epic Flash on the face, and then it has kind of we've started to use it in other parts because when you change the face, that affects how the jailbreak works. And what we're trying to do with this new jailbreak, which is kind of more of a wishbone type of shape, is provide that same type of stiffness to the body that you've seen in the past, but make it even lighter, lighter weight. So just by saving six or seven grams off of that, we're able to use that for the sliding weight track. And then we talked today about the acoustics the sound of this thing is is amazing and we do look at the spectrograms and we've looked at different prototypes and then what the ai does is it 
basically optimizes or solves for where the different ribs need to be and the positioning and what the resulting kind of spectrogram is gonna gonna look out of it so the feedback especially for the better players around the tour players have been the sound and feel of this thing is absolutely uh, amazing so i don't think we'll ever get to a fully robot designed uh driver i think uh evan and the r d team i think they're still they're still safe um but what it does allow us to do is do a massive number of virtual prototypes that we couldn't do um, before. So usually we would have seven or eight different face type of prototypes and then we're testing them. Now we're doing thousands of those prototypes virtually through the machine learning and the AI is is getting better every time it makes a new prototype. So it's just stuff that if, with the regular computers, with regular engineers, you, you couldn't do. And really, really advanced. We're all in and, and we're continuing to invest in it. So moving on from the from the drivers and we look at the fairy woods, the one thing that is that definitely stands out beyond just the story of bringing a lot of that technology from the driver into the fairy woods is the reintroduction of adjustability and how not do all then it's again very purposeful in how it's how mm -hmm. it's implemented into the into the different products because a lot of people aren't as as you've said earlier not a lot of people are adjusting their nine woods <laughs> but the ability to adjust yeah. and fit a fairy wood because i've always found in the fitting space a difficulty that people have in, in understanding is if you gain 15 yards of the driver well now you have a bigger gap you have to adjust that fairy wood and the new fairy woods give them that create that opportunity for fitters to really dial in some bias for loft and uh liangle as well for so now you you've uh, you've you've reintroduced it but there's been no trade-off because of the ability to save mass around the head. Yeah, because adjustability is an interesting thing. Everybody wants it. They think it's great, but what they don't realize is there's typically been trade-offs there. So you have something like 10 or 11 grams kind of stuck in the heel of the club and also high up in a place where it's not ideal for for center of gravity so how do we kind of break that paradigm with with the fairway wood well using the forged carbon on the sole you're you're replacing steel now with carbon so it's 50 percent lighter using the carbon versus using the steel well that frees up the discretionary weight so now you can have the adjustability well what do you do to counteract the cg getting higher well we have a tungsten speed cartridge so we have 24 grams of tungsten low and forward uh, on the so that's going to get the cg very low and forward which is what you want for a fairway wood because you want that launch angle but you want low spin um as well so some of this design it allows us to kind of break the trade-offs that we've had to make in the past and part of why we did a fixed hosel everybody's like oh you're doing it to save save money not true we were doing it because the performance trade-off we, we just couldn't make that trade-off with the with the adjustability now you're able to kind of you're you're, you're breaking the trade-offs now with this yeah. new fairway wood you don't want to be in the business of making a slower fairway wood no we're not going to be make a slower fairway wood just to make it adjustable but if we can make it adjustable and and make it faster and one of the things we were talking earlier with evan from rd is really focusing low on the face so how many people out there on fairway woods tend to hit it a little skinny whether it be 
off the deck or even off the tee, the, people hit it low on the face all the time. So the big emphasis on the face and what we're doing with the AI and then also that tungsten speed cartridge is low on the face of the fairway wood. So it's going to be lower spin and it's going to be hotter low on the face. And we're seeing in our robot test 7.4 yards longer low on the face versus rogue. So really kind of incredible type of, uh, of results. Big improvement. And that's where we know a lot of people are going to miss with the fairway wood. What I appreciate is that you guys are purposeful in your designs. It doesn't feel like just because you have a technology that it's going to fit every single model in a lineup. And I, you mentioned the, the carbon, yep. and the sole, but there's different designs. Like if you were to pick up each one of the, the three models, you'll notice that it's not the same sole design for, for those that do go to a retail store and they see them and they wonder like, well, why does this one have more carbon than another? What were, what were some of the benefits on going with more carbon in, in one version versus another? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, every one of the fairway models is designed for a different type of, of golfer. So you use your materials differently there. So the standard model has the most carbon. When we get into the X model, we're trying to get that to launch higher with more draw. So what we do is we put the carbon on the toe. So that basically reduces the weight on the toe and increases the weight on the heel without having to put a weight screw there. And the weight screws, you know, they look cool, but a lot they of do look cool. they look they look cool, but a lot of times you've got the, the little holder for the screw, the boss we we call it, and that goes up into the head and messes up the CG location. So if we can do that by putting carbon on the toe and effectively giving you more weight in the heel, you're gonna increase that that draw bias without having to have the CG or messing up where the, the CG is. And then on the um, triple diamond, we have a, a weight forward which we can use the lower spin and also for swing wing weighting purposes but when you have that there then the the carbon kind of no longer fits so that one has all steel on the sole so we're not saying that every model has to be exactly alike they all have different purposes and we're going to use the forged carbon in in different ways i kind of think of the analogy of like a basketball shoe versus a running shoe yeah right like you know if you're in a, if you're wearing a pair of running shoes purposely to go running you're only moving in one direction <laughs> Yep. And whereas in a basketball shoe, someone's looking to like make cuts and, and it needs stability in different places. So you can look and if you're, if people are curious and listening and trying to understand like how something's going to work, right. You've done a great job there explaining that, you know, for, for someone who needs that draw bias, we're taking weight where we don't need it and putting it where it is needed to kind of create that, that, that shift in, in what we're doing with center of gravity versus the better player who has the higher speed, who needs the lower spin. That's where, you know, using different materials in different ways. The weight more forward. It, all, mm -hmm. all of that allows for what they're trying to achieve on the golf course, which is performance at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we always joke here in the building about, the, you know, this this saying, this ain't no hobby, you know. And and <laughs> a lot of times. The, all right, kids. <laughs> yeah, kids. Yeah, you, you hear a lot on social media just like, oh, they're doing it because of this, or they didn't think through that. And like, no, we did, actually. We thought through every single model that is out there. We're thinking through the heaven wood. We're thinking through the seven wood. We're thinking through the X model versus the standard, where the carbon has to go, what the CG position is. I mean, there is a ton of work that goes into every one of these uh, models. It isn't haphazard like, oh, let's just you know take the carbon out here. you know, And it, it doesn't work that way. Something... 
that needs to be mentioned is that unlike the driver, there is a completely different jailbreak design. You call it the bat wing. The bat wing, yeah. And again, this is, I think, where, where AI plays such a pivotal role is, you know, as it continues to learn, it realizes there's a better way to, to design jailbreak here but it's very different. Can you kind of describe it? Cause it, it, you can't see it yeah. Um, because it's behind the face, but why, why that design and how is it going to benefit a fairway versus the, the structure and the driver? Yeah. You can certainly go out on your website or, or ours as well and kind of look at the, the cutaways of what we're doing, but we are calling it a jailbreak with bat wing technology and it is an evolution. The first thing we did with the fairway woods is basically take the two bars and we put them in the, in the fairway wood. Um, but then through some of that testing, they, those bars, which were steel, you get the CG, the center of gravity is up a little bit and it's in the center of the face. And so then we went to speed frames. And now with the, the bat wing, it's actually pushed out to the perimeter, which allows that face. We were talking about the performance low on the face earlier. It allows that low on the face to still flex, but then allow the body to be very stiff and stable as well. So kind of getting the both, uh, best of both worlds. And with the previous, the, the very early jailbreak, in the fairways, we weren't getting enough flexure low on the face. It was great for the stiffness. So the center ball speed was outstanding, but the low on the face wasn't as good. Now with the bat wing, you've pushed it out there. You're still getting that stiffness, but you're getting a lot more flexure low on the face. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about a product that never really seems to get its due. Every, every, <laughs> every time there's new products out, it's like, ah, there's the hybrid. Yeah. It's here. We, we all know what it's used for. It's, it's going to replace a long iron in your bag. One of the things that stood out to me is, is you you all said this is a, could be a standalone product. Yeah. This is a purpose-built hybrid. This is not a hybrid that is part of a Y set or a combo set. Um, it, it's really one that we think can be standalone and be the best hybrid that's out there in the, in the industry. So a lot of things we looked at, what was on trend with the shaping, what are we doing with the speed technologies? What can we learn from the the fairway woods and bring those to the to the hybrids? So we're we're excited with about it. I mean, I think it all starts kind of with this fairway wood shape, and that's really on trend. We've had uh, iron like shapes for a number of years; those have done well uh, for us, but we really didn't have a a, a hybrid um, that had a fairway wood like shape in kind of the core the core models and now we have that in the in the paradigm so that's the start there's something we got going on the sole here we're calling a cut wave sole we've always had a good turf interaction but never really kind of a sole story that we're really purposely doing something on the sole to improve the turf interaction that's what we have with this cut wave sole you'll be able to see it online but it has kind of a wave to it to really kind of help get through uh the turf and looks completely different than anything we've had in the past and just like the fairy woods we're seeing adjustability yep so for players who are looking for you know, my background is always in fitting, so I, I love being able to look at a product and all say, the fitting and questions say, from Ryan. Yeah, yes. I, I see all that stuff, and I say, like, you know, you want to go upright, you want to go flatter. You know, in a lot of hybrids, you can't do that. Or you know, I get questions where a golfer would be like, "Oh, I wish I could get my hybrid bent like a pro." <laughs> yeah. Now you can, right? Yep. And it's built into that 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 product where you want to see a little bit more of a draw, or you want to be able to create some type of bias in the club head that's not there. Separate more separation than just between the models. You have that built in, and now again, as a standalone product, 
you could have and you know what in a way it's like we've seen the uw be a huge standout because it it does serve such a unique purpose for so many golfers in most cases it's a little bit of a better player but now you've got a, a, a shape that kind of is similar to that with the technology of the fairway woods and the shaping so all of those things combined are going to create a huge amount of versatility so from the better player all the way to someone who's looking for it in the X, I think it goes up to like 20, it was like six hybrid, is it? Seven. Seven. Okay, yep. yeah. Like that's that's a huge help for Plus someone. Plus adjustability. Who's just trying to yeah. like hit a shot that goes 150 yards and stops on the green or 145 yards and stops on the green. How many golfers can't do that? Yeah, so got adjustability across the board. I think that's going to be huge, not just for gapping with the irons, but also as a as a kind of uh, standalone. And two models, so you've got the the paradigm standard model is kind of the better player, so it has the real kind of teardrop like shape um, to it. Um, you know, you you've got eighteen degree there. You got twenty one. You got twenty four. You got a lot of options there. And then in the X model, we like we said, we're going all the way up to the seven hybrid. With the adjustability, you get up to 32 degrees of, of loft. So hybrids are still very popular. A lot of people replacing the long irons. We, we talked about before, the three irons dead pretty much, four irons almost dead. And a lot of people are starting with five or six irons now and, and putting a couple hybrids in there. It's always that the question of like, oh, should I play blades or not? And it's like, you know, John Rahm hits it pretty good. <laughs> I think he, the longest iron he carries might be a four iron. So you know, maybe it's time to look at a hybrid in many cases. Yeah. For most golfers, it's going to help. Uh, the MOI of a hybrid is, is much higher than, than an iron, but also the center of gravity there is lower. So it allows people to either hit down on it or sweep it and get the ball in the air. So on average, for most golfers, hybrid is going to be a better play than a, than a long iron. And you mentioned shaping, and that's obviously a very important part of the sole of the golf club. But I think what a lot of golfers are really going to like is it's, it's more rounded. Yep. On the leading edge. So it's not just off a tee. It's not just off a good lie. But when you're hitting those shots and you're trying to say, again, talking about the regular golfer who's trying to get a 165-yard, 175-yard shot up in the air and onto the green or around the green, that shaping makes such a huge difference. And with the shorter length, it's easier to hit those shots than it would be previously with a hybrid that might look more square and look longer heel-toe. But in reality, those shots become a lot more difficult. Yeah, totally. And then the help launch in the air we did bring the tungsten speed cartridge now to the hybrid for the first time so that is low and forward gets that cg really low to help you launch it up in the in the air brought the bat wing um, technology which we had the fairway that's in the hybrid um, as well so really kind of a complete uh, offering we're really excited about it you know, there's a lot of fairway tech in these hybrids but i wanted to point out you guys reduce the number of yeah. hybrids it was four with, four four with Rogue yeah, ST, yeah. and now you're down to two. two, yep. And I, this is also a trend, and we'll get into irons here in a minute, but we're, we're seeing a reduction in, in models. We, we already discussed it with, with drivers. What was the, the purpose behind you know, basically cutting it in half and, and just offering two models? Well, uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback. We have a lot of hybrids, you know, uh, we, we have these are these two hybrids. The paradigm are going to be our core hybrids for 2023. So the, we do have other offerings. There's a big Bertha offering out there. That's going to be more game improvement has the offset to it. 
we do have the super hybrid, the titanium hybrid, and the great big Bertha. So we, we've got other offerings that are out there. But in terms of our core, we wanted to have two core models that were fairway wood shaped uh, with one that was leaning more better player and one was leaning more forgiving and kind of uh, game, game improvement. So um, there's no shortage of, uh, of, of hybrids, even as we've kind of uh, reduced it. But with the adjustability, we feel like we're, we're covering uh, just about all golfers. All right. This is the woods, the woods, the driver in particular, I'm really excited to test, but I got to say the irons, these are some, there's a lot going on. Let me just put it that way. There's a lot going on with these irons. Um, again, like we were saying, I think, I think consumers out there are used to a cadence, you know, Epic apex and, and we're getting a full paradigm line. So two different, Iron models from from Callaway for Paradigm and Nevs. I mean, seriously, it, if if I could name this, I mean, it's called Paradigm, but I would call it Kitchen Sink <laughs> because there's there's a ton yep. going on with this iron. What what kind of golfer are are you all trying to target with these irons? Because Apex, you know, it it really one of the things that I I've always appreciated about Apex was that it fits such a wide range of golfers. You could get all the way down to the single digit guys, but then you yep. also had models in there for you know for the twenties and and up. Um, what kind of golfer when they go to pick up Paradigm for the first time? What kind of golfer is going to benefit from this tech? Yeah, so it's a forged product. It's a premium uh, product to start. So really different from Rogue there, and more leaning towards better player with the with the Paradigm model itself. So when people see, and I think the shaping and the look of it is is beautiful. It's a little bit better player than Apex Standard. So a little maybe between Apex Standard and Apex Pro um, for that model, and then the Paradigm X is going to be your distance model your game improvement um type of model so paradigm is we call players distance you know and i don't know if that means something to everybody who's listening but it, it's kind of it's got a lot of the ball speed technologies and we're going to talk about um that but the shape and the look of it really is clean lines you know pretty thin top line not a ton of offset and then with your x model you're going to have a little more offset a little bit thicker um, top line that would be kind of more in the DCB, but probably a little bit better player than where the Apex DCB was uh, yeah. right now. So there, there is a lot going on. You've got tungsten, you got microspheres, but there's something that we haven't really seen. You all have done a, a, a really good job of being able to take fairway and and hybrid tech and bring it into irons, which is not. I know it's not easy. I've been around this industry long enough that. You've got 455. I mean, that's Forge 455 four, face cup. Yeah, and that's yeah. that same material that you're in the hybrids. You're using in a hybrid. Yeah. In an iron. I mean, what's what's that gonna do for ball speeds when you can use a material like that in an iron? Yeah, so it's the first time ever we've been able to do it in an iron, and it is the the only one out there in the industry to have a forge 455 face cap. We're using AI uh, on it. And you're just bringing a tremendous amount of horsepower to the face of an iron, something unlike we've been able to do uh, in the past. But still a forged product, so it's still going to have great feel. It's got a lot of power. What we were talking about before is we needed then a structure or an infrastructure around that 
iron to support that really strong face, basically a hybrid-like face in the in the iron. And that's where this all-new construction, this speed frame construction comes in. So it is a hollow body iron, but it has this speed frame, which is almost like jailbreak for an iron. It connects the top line to the sole, provides that stiffness, which allows the face to be that much stronger and flex that much more. When people see this online, they'll also see some some holes in the, the top um, because hollow body irons are great, but there are some disadvantages. And so part of the disadvantage is the center of gravity gets gets high because there's a lot of metal up, up there, which is not necessarily great for launch for, for iron. So with this, this new speed frame, we have strategic areas where we've been able to kind of hollow that, that out. And then we use that metal to go into tungsten and put it low and it's a dual tungsten so there's tungsten on the outside and inside um as well so this thing is complicated you saw the break apart earlier and ryan you did as well and there's a lot going on with it it's a construction we've never had um before but we're really excited about it in terms of the performance the feel and then we're packing that all into this compact shape and when you say holes for those just to clarify those who are listening because you know if you haven't seen it yet the holes are are behind and built into the, the the cavity of the iron that you don't see. You don't see, and that's behind the back. So if you yep. you're expecting to see holes in the back of this golf club, they're not there. There, there is a yeah. There's definitely a, a badge there, which is why this thing is so interesting because it is almost a cross between a cavity back and a hollow body. It has a lot of the benefits of the hollow body in in terms of it completes the structure, which it helps gives us the, the stiffness. But we do have a badge on this thing um, a, as well. Badge does and pressed up against the face so it's not a true cavity back uh either so it is a, a form of hollow body but a unique construction something even apex pro and other hollow bodies that we've had is completely different than that and thinking back to a question that we had jonathan and i on a on a live show we did one time someone asked because you had, when we had done that show you guys had just introduced the the newest great big bertha line right which has all of that it's titanium iron has all yep. the tungsten at the back and the question revolved around, could you see a better player with higher speed using it? And the answer to me was no, <laughs> because the the dynamics of that golf club with the offset and this profile and all of these things are going to create way too much spin and height for a player that has Launch, speed. Yeah. So now, we're, because of that, it's like, well, why don't you use titanium? Because like, it doesn't, there is, it comes to a point where there is not a benefit of using that material for the type of player. And I think the shaping, just like with the hybrids we talked about, that's a huge step when it comes to introducing golfers in a different profile into a product because I'm sure you have a lot of consumer feedback about, oh, I like what this product can offer me, but I don't really like the look of it. And, you know, the Paradigm Iron looks very player friendly. And I, when I say player friendly, I mean better player friendly yep. where they're used to that club. But, you know, if you want to hit that six iron a little bit higher, a little bit further, you're going to get that versus something else where it might be a little chunkier and it might not be as appealing to that golfer and you've really created that with this and that's what we're trying to do this kind of idea of best of both worlds this idea of paradigm shift is you can have that compact shape a better player type of shape in the standard model but you have a forge 455 face so it's still going to have power still have 70 grams of, of tungsten there you've got the speed frame in there so you're not really losing any of that that speed but you have it in kind of a compact shape and then if you're in sort of all-out distance player or more of a kind of game improvement type of player we've got the x and this thing is going to be an absolute rocket launcher for that type of player yeah 
I don't want to get too far into the numbers, but one that did stick out to me when we were going through the irons was the downrange dispersion. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked a lot about speed, the fact that it's got a fairway base and it's, it's, you're going to, you're going to see those numbers. I mean, ball speed's going to be up noticeably, but you guys really tightened dispersion on these. And for those that are out there listening that don't know what dispersion is, I'm talking about like how, how good are your misses? versus like when you peer it out of the center and you want you want those misses to be relatively tight to your shots out of center and you guys had a 26 percent improvement i mean that's that's a number when i saw it i'm going whoa so yeah. where where within the head what's what's allowing you to get that really tight dispersion and that consistency it is an eye-popping number and it's interesting because we always get criticized different tests and all that this is a robot test right so it's a robot test and it's going up against apex you know and which is no, a, no slouch, slouch. Uh, uh, seriously uh, of an iron in terms of what it's been able to do for consistency and spin rate consistency but i would say that number is what the r d team is most proud of on this iron there's a lot to be proud of i think shaping feel all of that but the downrange consistency a lot of it comes to the face technology, but also the AI that went in there and what they're trying to optimize for on the AI, which is meaning if you hit it off center, the spin rates are going to be very consistent. We already know the ball speed is going to be very consistent off center because of the Ford 455 face, which is why people use it in fairway woods and they use it in hybrids. But it's the spin rate consistency. That's where you get a lot of the flyers with irons. When you get ones that are off center, you didn't pure it and you either get a fly or you get something that lands, you know, way, way short because the either high spin, low spin, um, something like that. So um, the spin rate chart on this thing off center is amazing. And that's where you're getting that consistency downrange. Basically, we, we had the robot hit hundreds of shots and then you put a circle around the shots and you compare the circle of apex and you compare the circle of paradigm and that's going to be a lot tighter and i think people are going to notice that when they go get fit or they're trying this iron out they're going to notice the off they're going to notice on center this thing is hot but they're going to notice off center it's very very tight yeah this is fun nevs thank you again for the time love us your paradigm yeah, great. Great to have you guys here. Really excited about uh, next year's launch. And once again, you know, people can go out, they can check out your website. We always encourage people to get fit. Um, our, our, we, we talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, our podcast. beasts are our <laughs> big, big fitter. But these clubs are, they're, they're not inexpensive. And so um, if you're not going out and getting fit, you're truly doing yourself a, a, a disservice. Um, and we have tried to make it clear on who they're for, tighten up the models, but go out and kind of unlock that through through the fitting process. For sure. I'm into that. And thanks again today for the time. That'll do it for episode 171 of Full Equip. Boys, we're going to get to 200 this year, and we're going to have to figure that out in short order, what kind of a big interview we're going to do. I, I don't know what's going to top Alice Cooper from episode 100, but... Thanks again for listening. As always, if you want more gear news, check us out on social media. We are at fully underscore equipped on Twitter, at fully equipped golf on Instagram. There's a lot going on. Make sure you check the social handles as we release content around all these new clubs. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you next week.